Colossians, the third chapter, starting, are we good now? Starting at the uh, first verse going, well, one to four. The Word of God reads, If then you have been raised by or raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on the things that are above, not on the things that are on earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Father, we just pray that you would add a blessing to the reading of your word and the hearing of your word. Help us to do what we see here, Father. Extract what needs to be said to our hearts, Father, and help us to apply it in a way that gives you glory for you alone. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to speak to you today from the title, The Hidden Life. The Hidden Life. Hidden Life. There are some things that we can see that are obvious. They're right in front of us. And there are some other things that we have to search for. It's not so obvious where they are. It's not so obvious what is in front of us. We may not be able to make it out. Some things are veiled before our eyes. Some things we just are not able to make out clearly. I mean, I want to talk to you about that today. But first, let's just go, you know, do a little brief review. Colossians 2.23. Colossians 2.23 The last verse where we were last week of the second chapter, Colossians 2.23. The Word of God reads, these things, these types of man-made religious things that we come up with, they indeed have an appearance of wisdom in promoting self-made religion and asceticism and severity to the body. But they are of no value in stopping the indulgence of the flesh. So Paul here wants to make sure that we understand that there is a setup to running this race and running it well. Uh, the race that has been set before us is a race of endurance. Amen? <laughs> Anybody agree with that? It's not a sprint. It hasn't been over in five minutes. We're, we're still in this race. Amen? <laughs> Amen. He doesn't want anything to get in the way of what's coming in Colossians, the third chapter, where it talks about the various ways we display the glory of God, the, way, the various ways we actually show people, or should I say, make Jesus seen. Amen? Amen. Amen. So displaying Christ to this world, and that is pretty much, now that we are saved, our real job. Amen? That's what we do. Looking like Christ in every area. Amen. So that God will be glorified. So we are not misrepresenting Jesus in any way. Amen. But to do that, we must have the right view of Christ. We need to make sure that we are depending on him. It's one thing to know facts about Jesus. It's one thing to study and have an understanding of the historical character of Jesus or who he was. It's another thing to have a personal relationship with Jesus to where you're depending on him. Where day after day, you are leading a life or living a life, rather, that is uh, characterized of of, of depending on Jesus. I'm leaning on him in, in every way. 
to know Jesus is good, but depending on Jesus is what changes lives. It's what causes others to see Jesus Christ in you because they are looking at you and they're saying, I don't know how you're doing that, but I know this ain't you. It's got to be something else. Amen? Amen. So the main theme of Colossians 2 is making sure that we're running on the right power source. Amen? Jesus and Jesus alone. It's very tempting after you come to Christ and you, begin, you, know, you get saved, it's very tempting to go back to our old pattern. I'm not talking just about like habits and things that are sinful. I'm talking about our old pattern of being you know, self-reliant. You know, I got it. I can do it. I'll tell you all the time, my baby Grace, she is one independent little lady. She just is. Everything that she's doing right now is all about, I can do it, Daddy. I can do it, Daddy. I can do it, Daddy. She is able to get in the car seat and fasten her seatbelt. And if you try to help her, woo, you will hear about it because she wants to show you that she can do it herself. That is not what Christians do. That is not how we are to live. Amen? This is a life of dependence. Our own power and our own intellect uh, and our own ability to live holy will not work. Our own ability to represent Christ will not work. We must remain consistently dependent on God in every facet. That means in even in our ideas about what would please God. You know what I mean? Yeah. Ooh, if I, if I cut this out. If I stop doing this, if I stop looking at this, if I stop reading this, if I stop doing this, if I stop doing that, then maybe God will, you know, receive me or maybe God will accept me or maybe that'll be a good enough work. He's saying all that has to be ran through Jesus. Amen? So to consistently obey Christ takes a focus of Christ. Amen? Amen. Turn with me real quick. I just want to kind of just colorfully kind of explain this in Galatians, the fourth chapter. Um, 4, 24 through 27. And change translation just a minute so you can kind of just see this in a very simple way. Help me, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. Now the Word of God reads, it says, Galatians 4, 24 and 27. It says, these two women serve as an illustration of two covenants. It's a very picturesque way of saying uh, something that the body of Christ really needs to hear today. There's the first woman, Hagar. Remember her? Uh, Abraham's uh, side chick. Okay. And Hagar represents Mount Sinai, where people received the law, and the law enslaved them. A very interesting way of saying that. And now Jerusalem is just like Mount Sinai in Arabia because she and her children live in slavery to the law. They received the law. They said they would obey the law, and they got caught by the law because they recognized they could not obey the law. And now they're enslaved to the consequences and that lifestyle. Amen? Verse 26. But the other woman, Sarah represents the heavenly Jerusalem. She is a free woman. Amen? And she is our mother. As Isaiah said, rejoice, O childless woman, because remember, Sarah had no children. Amen? Amen. Sarah was the one that was childless. He says, rejoice, O childless woman, you who have never given birth. Break into a joyful shout, you who have never been in labor, for the desolate woman... Uh, now has more children than the woman who lives with her husband. So one woman, Hagar, represents the law. 
self-reliance, self-effort, receiving God's command, recognize that it's hard to please God, trying to make the impossible happen. You do it on your own and you mess things up, okay? Failing because you're in your own power source. Rules, regulations, uh, ceremonialisms, amen, uh, asceticism, all those things, you know, to try to produce the work of God on your own. Sarah, on the other hand, thank you, Holy Spirit, for making this clear. She realizes that she's spiritually bankrupt. She realizes I can't produce. I am barren. Amen? But because of that, she's dependent on God to do what is impossible. Are you hearing me? So what we're talking about here is the two different covenants and also two different responses and two different outcomes. He's talking about the church finally realizing that, first of all, we are already, because we are in Christ, we are free from the world system. We are free from the man-made religion. We are finally free and able to become fruitful, impregnant, fruitful for God. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Because we have been inhabited by the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit is basically the one that takes the bride of Christ and causes the bride of Christ to be pregnant with good works. Amen? So now the church is fruitful because we are like Sarah, the one who recognized we ain't got nothing to offer. And we are totally leaning and totally dependent on the seed to produce any fruit. Who is Christ? Are you hearing me? All right? So that's just a little setup. So Paul knows that... When we enter into this new life as a Christian, it is essential that we have our focus on Jesus Christ. Otherwise, we will miss the hidden life. Okay? So we grow and become effective in doing our part in building the kingdom by what? Look at me quickly. Staying focused on Jesus. Okay? All right. So here's the question. Do you think of him? Not just for what he can do. Oh. Do you ever just stop and think of Jesus? Huh? What's he like? What does he even look like? Huh? What's he doing right now on the throne? Hmm? What is it like to be in the presence of the Almighty God? What is it like to see Jesus face to face? Huh? What is it like to, to walk into the presence of God and have him smile at you and say, Well done, thy good and faithful servant. Are these the thoughts that are in your mind? Do you think about Jesus. Do you think about the fact that he loves you even though he knows all about you? Huh? He's not just a thing. Jesus is not just a religion. He's not just an event in history. He's a person. Amen? Do you take the time to consider Jesus? Amen? So, now, to our, that's just my setup, Colossians 3, 1 through 4, the hidden life. Here we go. Yeah. 
If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds, verse 2, on things that are above and not on things that are on the earth. Verse 3, for you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. All right, so verse 1. Let's start taking it apart. If, fancy way of saying since, since then you have been, past tense, raised with Christ. Stop. Paul wants us to realize that something amazing has already taken place. You have been risen with Christ. Amen? You have already positionally been raised from the dead. You have already moved from moral death into the blessed life that is dedicated to God. Take that in for a minute. He's talking to believers who are not perfect. He's talking to believers that don't do, don't do everything right. He's saying, I want you to know that you have already passed from death into life, and you have already been given this life that is dedicated to God. <gasps> what? <laughs> you know who you're talking to? <laughs> it's already happened it's already happened see that's the whole trick of the enemy he's always doing the same thing I said it one time I'll say it again trying to take from you something you already have right what are you saying pastor well first, Pat, uh, first Peter 1 and 3 first Peter 1 and 3 1 Peter 1 and 3. The word of God reads, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us again into a living hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from what? The dead. Amen? Thank you, sweetie. Can't be in nine places at the same time. We have been raised from death to life. When Jesus died, you died. When Jesus rose, you rose. You have a risen life already that has been given to you. Amen? I don't know if I believe you yet, Pastor. Okay, Ephesians 1 and 3. Ephesians 1 and 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. They almost had the same intro, right? <laughs> Who hath, past tense, blessed us with all spiritual blessings in the heavenly places in Christ. What are you missing? Nothing. Do you believe it? Y'all don't sound like you believe it. You, you know why? I'll tell you why. You're too busy looking at you. That's the key. That's what we have to correct. Amen? Amen? That's the issue. 
I don't know if I have it, Pastor. God said you have it. God said Christ's sacrifice is perfect. The Holy Spirit is living inside of you right now. If you're saved, you have everything you need. What's the problem? My focus is not where it needs to be. I'm looking at me instead of looking at him. Oh, you see it right there? We just proved it. All right. So, first, uh, Colossians 3, 1 and 4. Again, first verse again. Colossians 3 and, uh, 3 and 1. Since then you have been raised, past tense, with Christ. Uh-huh. Now, seek the things that are above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. That word seek means to seek to obtain. Seek to grasp. You have it, but it's not in your hands. You understand what I'm saying? Amen? Seek the things that are, that are above. Now, here, the word things, really, I would really want to translate it this way. Not so much the things that are above, like the streets of gold and <laughs> the pearly gates and the jewelry that's going to be on the gate and... You know, I want to give me some wings and all that stuff. No, seek Jesus. How do you know that? Where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Amen? Seek him. Christ is the all-important figure of heaven. All of the angels are surrounding and, and looking at him. Everybody is focused and fixated on Jesus Christ. Seek that. Seek the heavenly places. Seek that whole atmosphere. Seek Christ. Seek Christ. He's ahead of everything. He's, no one is above him. He has all the authority. Seek and keep on seeking. Amen? Then, verse 2, set your minds on things that are above, not on, thing, not on things that are on the earth. Set your mind on the eternal life to come with Jesus. And now that you will set your mind on that, you will also be pulling your mind away from other things. I can't focus on two things at the same time. Are you understand what I'm saying? I can't. This hidden life that is hidden from me, hidden from you, has everything to do with the fact that I need to focus on Jesus Christ. Keeping your mind on the things that are above, not on the things that are on the earth. Set your mind on the things that are above. Set your mind on Jesus, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Now, what you have here or hope to get here is not going to be something that should compare to what we have there. Amen? And our, our promise to receive there. So what I'm saying is, is basically, you make a practice about thinking about Jesus. Did you hear what I just said? I practice thinking about Jesus. You know, my son, he plays piano all day long. He comes in from school. I have to remind him, Jamie, did you do your homework? He's a great student, smart as I'll get out. But the first thing he wants to run to is that piano. How did he get better? He consistently practices over and over and over again. Here's the thing. Are we making it a practice to keep our minds on Jesus? Is that what we do? Amen. Amen. Uh, Philippians 4 and 8 says this. Finally, brothers, you know this word. 
whether, uh, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there's anything that's worthy of praise, think about these things. There's that word things again. I want to tell you that what I wanted to uh, get you to understand is what if you replace the word things and just put Jesus? Huh. Think about these things. Think about things that are pure, like pure water. Well, how's that helping me? I don't have any dirt in my water. Think about what? Things that are lovely. Mink coats. That's a lovely pair of shoes you have on. That's not helping my soul. It cannot be things. It's got to be somebody. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Think about these things. What is lovely? What is commendable? He's saying, think about Jesus, how wonderful Jesus is, how excellent Jesus is, how holy he is, how lovely Jesus is, how worthy of praise that Jesus is. And as you think about Jesus on a consistent basis and practice thinking about Jesus, then guess what? Christ will be with you. Are you hearing what he's saying? He's saying basically, if you practice these things, you, verse 9 says, what you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things and the God of peace will be with you. So here's the thing. If you are practicing thinking about Christ, and Christ is with you, you're bringing Christ into your situation. You're bringing Christ in there. And then guess what? He said, the God of peace will be with you. I will keep you in perfect peace who keep your mind stayed. Are you seeing the connection yet? I am stressed out and worried and I've got all kinds of stuff that I'm, I'm just passed. I don't know what I'm going to do. You have no peace because your mind is not focused on the right thing. Set your mind. Amen? Set your mind. That means the word set means to exercise the mind by constantly facing in a certain direction. You're intense about it. Amen? You set your affections on Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. So when I think about these things, when I set my mind on him and not on the things of the earth, then guess what's happening? I'm bringing Jesus into the atmosphere. I'm bringing Jesus into where I'm at. Why? Because my mind is on him. Amen? Amen. Back to Colossians. Verse 2. Set your minds on the things that are on the earth. Uh, set your minds on the things that are above, rather, not on things that are the earth. And verse 3 says, For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. He's telling us things that have already happened. You have already died. And your life is hidden in Christ. Now, with Christ in God. He's saying that what you have to understand, saints, is spiritually where we are now, whether you want to receive this or not, truly, certainly, you have died to the system of this world. It's true. It's a fact. He's saying, for you have definitely died 
to the desires of this world. What? Pastor, that's not been my story. Well, where's your focus? The hidden life is available for those who are actually pursuing it. Amen? Your life is hidden with Christ in God. It's hidden. It's something that is a secret place almost that you have to discover. Think of it like a treasure that you're trying to find. Amen? Amen? Your real purpose. Ah, this blew me away. Your real purpose for being on this planet is hidden in Christ, with Christ, in God. Your real reason for being here is a secret. It's a treasure that you find. Are you hearing me? Spiritually, you have left this planet and the system of this world. You actually have new desires that Christ is birthing in you on a daily basis. But only the body of Christ has access to these desires. Only the, Christ has, the body of Christ has access to this hidden life. Your life is hidden. It's even hidden from your fleshly mind. It's hidden in some ways from you. Are you, are you seeing what he's saying? Your life is hidden. So here's the thing, saints. This hidden life is not something that people who are not regenerated in Christ, people who are not saved, people who have not repented of their sins, people who are not trusting in Christ and his sacrifice on the cross to save them from the wrath of God, people who do not understand or who have not received the gospel, do not believe the gospel, don't have access to the hidden life. But the church does. I got a phone call this week. There's a lot of activity going on. My children need to sit down. Thank you. Amen. I got a phone call from someone who I don't hear from very much. Um, and I love this person, and they are actually family members of mine. And they were telling me that, you know, this story that, and I got to be careful here, that their parents were fighting. Um, and they were fighting over things. Um, some assets, let's just say that. Okay, um, and it got so bad to where their parents are not speaking to each other anymore. Um, they never got married, but you know they were okay for a while, and now the child is not speaking to one of the parents anymore. I mean, this person said, "My parent is as good as dead." That's pretty much what they said to me, and I was I was like, "Whoa." What, I'm going to pray that you will forgive and that God will help you. And I started thinking, that's what I want to do, but there's something missing. Because here's the truth. The big problem is that none of them are saved. The child nor the parents. All they have to work with is the world system. That's all they got. It rules them. It runs them. The Holy Spirit has no ability without them receiving Christ to have them or cause them to cling to Christ. All they can do is display hurt, anger, 
revenge, get even, protect themselves at all costs, no matter what they're doing, you know, no, no matter how things are looking, they don't care how, pe- how people are seeing this mess that is kind of being played out in their family, they don't care. They are totally out for self, simply because they don't have Jesus to look at. There's no hidden life there. There's no one to stop them from falling into the traps of this world. What's the solution? Christ must be risen in you. Are you hearing me? So that he can raise the thinking. The unsaved are still alive to the things of this world. There's no God in them. They're alive to the world and dead to God. The church is alive to God and dead to the world. Are you seeing it? So we have died. We are looking forward to living with Christ. So we may lose some things. It's okay. We may not have some things. It's okay. Our focus is on Christ. And that's how we end up displaying him to this dying world. It's not because we have some religious regiments or some, you know, you know, way of uh, thinking that causes us, you know, that we come up with ourselves, some man-made religion that causes us or keeps us from acting like demons, you know, or misrepresenting Christ. It's not that we have some super hidden knowledge, as we said last week, about angels and, and all the kind of angelic hosts and how all that works together. That's not it. No. No, it's not because we have some religious ceremonialism that we do on a, you know, monthly basis or yearly basis where we do this activity or this activity or we celebrate this holiday or we, you know, go some kind of, go through some kind of ritual. That's not it. No. It's because we have set our minds on Christ that we keep acting like Christ. Are you hearing me? So what the church has, saints, right now is we have options that the world will never have until they come to Christ. So we don't get as upset about things as everybody else does. We don't fall apart like everybody else does. Why? Because we have other options. Why? Because we have risen out of the world system into a new life with Christ. Have you noticed that Jesus didn't come here with any stuff? He was attached to nothing. And yet he had everything. That's what we have living inside of us now. Are you hearing me, saints? That's who we have living inside of us now. When I tell you some of the stuff I'm going through right now, it's forcing me to cling to Jesus. I have to remind myself over and over, Jamie, this is not it. Let it go. Let it go. Your life is hidden in Christ, with Christ in God. Your life is protected by Christ. Amen? Amen? Your, your hidden life, your salvation is protected. 2 Timothy 1 through 12 says, uh, which is why I suffer as I do. But I am not ashamed for I know that, you know, we sing the song, for I know whom I have believed and I'm convinced or persuaded, right, that he is able to keep or to guard until that day that which has been trusted to me. I don't trust anybody else to guard my salvation, my heavenly, eternal You know, dwelling, it's only Jesus that does that. And guess what? God didn't trust you with it either. (laughs) Jesus is guarding it. Amen? He is guaranteeing our safe passage home. He is guaranteeing this hidden life 
Amen? Amen. Almost done. As I said, the life is not only hidden from the world, it's hidden from you. The life that you are living right now, I'm going to say something to you that blew me away. The life that you and I are living right now is not your real life. <laughs> Pastor, show feel real to me. No, it's the fake one. That makes no sense, Pastor. The life that you're living right now is not the real life. It's the fake one. The real life is something that's hidden from others. That's why they don't understand our choices. But the real life is also something that's hidden from you. Amen? If your real life is hidden, something that you cannot see because it's hidden in Christ, then here's my question, saints. Why do we get so bent out of shape worrying about our fake life? Wow. Set your minds on things that are above, not on the earth beneath, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Don't think of this world, but think of Christ. Huh? If this life, this hidden life, is something we cannot see, and it's hidden from us, our true life, how depressed are we going to be about our fake life? Huh? I know it seems real to you, but the glorious life in Christ to come is far better than this fake life we're living right now. This ain't the real one, saints. Paul wants us to know that this temporary life that you can see now, the one that you're experiencing right now, is not greater than the one you cannot see. And that's the life that will, guess what, last forever. So how much energy do we put in to worry about this life? Hmm? Set your mind on things above, not on the earth beneath. Now, not, not, you know, set your mind on where Christ is in the glory of Christ and the riches of Christ and all the promises of God that will be joyous forever where there will be no more pain, no more sorrow. Set your mind on those things. Amen? Not set your mind on how you're going to pay your bills. No. Not set your mind on how am I going to find a new boyfriend. Not set your mind on will my business be successful. Not set your mind on, you know, you know what am I going to buy after I'm successful. Not set your mind on, you know, what do I do to have to, you know, to get my children to be successful. That's a, that's a trick that a lot of us fall for. I want to be successful. I got to do everything to be successful. And I spend my whole life trying to be successful. And then God gives me some children. And I worry all my life about how they're going to be successful. And then the grandchildren come and how they're going to be successful. Just setting your life on everything but Christ. Setting your mind on everything but where he is. Amen? Amen. Set your mind on Christ and the eternal life that he is protecting and guarding until you come home. Set your mind on the glorified living that you will have. Amen? Start living that life now. 
that hidden life while you live down here on earth. How do you do that? By focusing on Jesus. Amen. If you want heaven on earth, you're going to have to set your mind on heaven while you're on earth. Amen? Amen. First John 3 and, 12, 3 and 2 says this. Beloved, now we are the sons of God, and it does not yet appear what we shall be. <laughs> but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. We can't see it yet. It's hidden. Oh, but it's coming. Amen? Last point. Point number four. And I'll close. Uh, first, not the, Colossians 3 and 4. Amen. When Christ, who is your life? Your real, genuine life. The one that is to come and the one who has given you this life of victorious living where you are devoted to Christ because you're focused on Christ. When he appears, we all will see the Messiah who is hidden from view now proclaim, yes, I am the son of God. I am completely in control. I have been running this planet from the beginning. (laughs) Amen. Everything is under my power and authority. He's going to come back, and guess what? You, then you also will appear with him in glory. We will rule and reign with him. When he comes back and appears, and it's obvious to every world, everybody in the world who he is, it will also be obvious to everybody in the world who you really are. Your glorified life will be exposed then. Everyone will know. So here's the thing. We must know this. Everything in this world is aimed at stealing away your time from seeking and setting your mind on Christ. Everything. The whole system has one aim and one agenda, and that is to distract you from Jesus. Are you hearing me? Distract you from seeking the reality which is in Christ at the right hand of the Father, seeking the reality of him being in heaven, seeking the reality of Jesus coming back again, seeking the reality of the fact that when he comes back, we're going to be with him. Everything in this world is trying to get you to either forget that, not know that, or not focus on that. And guess what? That that I just mentioned, that's really your hidden life. Are you seeing what I'm saying? So the great battle of the Christian is not, Lord, how am I going to make it? 
The great battle of the Christian is, Lord, I don't want to be embarrassed in this situation. That's not it. The great battle of the Christian is, no, no, Lord, how am I going to make my finances or make it this month? Or what's going on with all my relationships? That's not the great battle of the Christian. The great battle of the Christian is to make Christ a priority and make him be the focus of our lives that he actually deserves to be. The great battle of the Christian is to come to a place where God empowers us to pursue him on a daily basis so that he is the one thing that I seek and seek after. Okay, here we go. David was a man after God's own heart. Right? Does that mean that David was just somebody that God really liked? No, no, no. Was that speaking of something that David was doing? He's after the heart of God, seeking, desiring God. He, that's what he's, he's talking about, his daily activity. He's talking about his focus. He's talking about the hidden life that we can enjoy. And how do we get there? What, you know, I'm seeking after you. I'm looking for you, constantly looking for God, constantly communing with God, constantly seeking God, constantly in the Word of God, looking at the promises of God. This is how you get into the hidden life. This is how you bring heaven down to earth. Are you hearing me? And that's what the devil wants to make sure you never get to. So he'll throw in a situation here, throw in a distraction there, throw in a loss here, throw in a hurt here, throw in some pain there. Huh? Throwing some money here. Huh? Throwing, you just got blessed. Throwing the lottery, whatever you got to do. I want you to win the lottery, but the last thing I want you to do is actually know Christ and focus on Christ till you enter into that hidden life. That's what, the Satan, that's what Satan's doing. That's what this whole world is about. To where even the good things, the quote-unquote good things, if you're not careful with those things, they can become a distraction. And that is not the best life. And the world tells you everything opposite of that. Oh, now you've really made it. Now you're, oh man, you really came up. Man, I want to be like Mike. Remember that? If Mike Jackson or Jordan don't know Jesus, no, you don't want to be like that. Oh, okay. David, a man after God's own heart. Psalm 27 and 4. Watch this, saints. We'll prove it. Almost done. One thing have I desired of the Lord. That will I seek. Seek is an action word. That's what I, intensity. I will focus. I will, you know, be looking at Christ. I will seek after. That I may dwell in the house of the Lord. What? Wait, wait, wait. All the days of my life. To behold the beauty of the, of the Lord and to inquire the simple, Lord, I want to know you. I want to know all about you. I want to know what you have for me. I, one thing. That means that's a priority, people. Are you hearing me? That's his priority. God, what I want to be doing is I want to seek you. And you got to help me because the young and the Russell is about to come on. And price is right. And Netflix and all the other things I can get to and 
I just want to kick back and relax and, you know, you deserve a break today. Huh? Satan, he will jump on that opportunity. Let's see how long I can keep this distraction going. Because the last thing I want them to do is have peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. The last thing I want them to do is be so filled up with the Spirit of God that they have a completely different mindset and they can see the truth of this world and function in a way that's outside of the trap and have their mind focused on Christ and not have them, you know, just mindly going the way the rest of the world is going. Just mindless, just... That's what we do. That's, that speaks of death, people. David said, one thing have I desired of the Lord. That will I purposely seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in this temple. There's one thing to focus on. To get to that hidden, hidden life, you've got to be focused on Jesus. So the challenge is this. Is it entertainment or Jesus? Is it worries or Jesus? Is it the Christian version of worries, concerns, or Jesus? Young people, is it toys and video games, huh, or Jesus? PlayStation or Jesus, huh? Now, this doesn't mean that you can't enjoy some of these things, but these things are now in their right place, okay? See, what, in chapter 2, what happened is, well, then we just won't do nothing. We'll just live holy, and we'll just keep ourselves, that's asceticism that leads to legalism that leads to pride. Where you function on your own power. No. God says, it's okay. I want to put all this stuff in order. But you put me on top. Are you hearing me? You put me on top. John 15 says, you have to remain in me. You have to abide in me. Amen? Huh? So, here's the thing. The thoughts of the believers should be occupied about the things where Christ is now, where Christ dwells now. Set your mind on things above, not on the earth beneath. Set your mind, or seek the things, rather, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Amen? Amen? Our thoughts should be where our final home is to be. <sighs> uh-huh. That's where our greatest interests are. Since we are raised from the death of sin and are made to live life anew, the great object of our contemption, or contemplation rather, should be on the heavenly world, not on the things of this earth, not in wealth, not in honor, not in pleasure, not in worry. Are you hearing me? Our affections should not be fixed on the houses and lands. Where are we going to live? How are we going to retire? How are we going to make this work? No, no. That stuff is all going to fade away. All of it will be changed. If it's not for Christ, it's going to get burnt up. Are you hearing me? Not on fashion. Girl, I can't be going here looking crazy. Oh, girl, where you get them? Where you, girl, girl, where you get them? Oh, them, those vicious. Them shoes are vicious. Come on, you know how we can be. Man, them, them rims, man, you got that car. Them, them rims sitting tight. Man, you sitting, you, man, you rolling over, man. I'm telling you, man. How much, how much you copped in for, man? You hear how we talk? That's what it's all about. Get me some education. 
so I can get me somebody to pay for. <laughs> and after I get somebody to pay for, we're going to make some more people to pay for. Right? And we do it over and over and again. You know what I mean? And then we stress out because we can't get God to fix all this stuff that we set ourselves up for. And he's like saying, guess what? That's your fake life. That ain't the real life. It doesn't mean that God doesn't care. It just means that's not the priority. Amen? So, again, do you think of him? Not just what he can do or what he can fix. Do you ever just think of him? Hmm? What is he like? What's he doing on that throne right now? What's it like to be in his presence and have him smile and say to you, well done, my good and faithful servant. Do you ever just think of Jesus? He's not a thing. He's not a historical event. He's a person. And when you're focused on that person, you will find the hidden life. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. Hidden life, I'm done. Oh, Christ, the solid rock.